Hello and welcome to another episode of our program, Develop. It is our joy and honor to have you with us. We pray for you that God would help you grow and develop and be everything that He designed you to be and to do everything that He desires you to do. Thank you for watching. Today, I'd love to share with you a profound scripture from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17. And this chapter is renowned for the story of the transfiguration. Six days earlier, Jesus had predicted his own death and the disciples were troubled by that. But here he takes three of his closest friends, ascend to a mountain known as the Mount of Transfiguration, and there he reveals his glory and his majesty to them. They've never seen him like that before. The term used is metamorphosis, which actually means that a transformation on the outside that reveals the eternal essence on the inside of Jesus. And the disciples were looking and thinking, this is the most awesome experience we've had. And to uh, make it the more exciting, they found, they found Moses and Elijah standing around with Jesus having a spiritual conversation. How crazy is that? Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets, the Old Testament coming to testify of the Messiah. And here in the midst of the glorious scene, Peter steps up and, and maybe speaking on behalf of the disciples and says, Jesus, I have a little suggestion for you. Would you allow me to volunteer to build three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, and let us stay here for a long, long time. Forget about the valley. But Peter's uh, words were interrupted by a thunderous voice from heaven. It's only the second time we hear the Father speak about the Son, saying, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And there, we, 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 Jesus uh, calls the disciples to go down the mountain again to the feet of the mountain, where they are confronted with the reality and the chaos that was surrounding the remaining nine apostles. The Pharisees were arguing with them, and a, a man had brought his possessed child to them, but they couldn't heal the child. And, and Jesus brought the child to him, and, and, and he healed him. He, he delivered him from, from the evil spirits, and he turned his attention to the disciples and rebuked them. And then he gave this most profound statement that I'd love to read to you from Matthew chapter 17. And this is what happens. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we derive it out? Why couldn't we derive out the evil spirit? And Jesus replied to them, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, hey, let me, let me summarize the lesson to you. That's what Jesus is saying. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith 
as small as a mustard seed, which was pretty small, maybe not the smallest seed, but pretty small seed. You can say to this mountain in front of them where Jesus and the disciples had just descended. And he says, move from here to there and it will move. That's freaky. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. And in this simple statement, Jesus reverberates and echoes His glorious power delegated to His church and to His disciples for all ages. And undoubtedly, you know that mountains in the Bible refer to problems and maybe barriers to progress, and maybe they mean insurmountable challenges, whatever they mean. They are blockage in our way. And Jesus was saying, I will give you the power to push through, to go around the mountains or to crumble them. I will allow you to progress forward in the midst of your circumstances. And I wonder if you've been a Christian for a while. If you probably heard this passage read or preached, or maybe even uh, you read a book about it, and you have been inspired by God's people to take Jesus for His Word. He said that I will give you power. I'll give you a delegated authority to move mountains. I said, I take that. But maybe in the past little while you've been confronted with a mountain and, and no matter how hard you tried, the mountain wasn't moving. And you potentially began to doubt your own faith and you wonder if you didn't even have faith that's as big as a small mustard seed. And that creates tension for us, maybe a sense of guilt or confusion or maybe even despair. And it can at times lead us to become bitter and to doubt God's faithfulness to His Word. I don't know if maybe we have massaged the Word of God so much that it tickles our ears but not empower our feet. And it's no one's fault. You believe in the Word of God and its interpretation. But maybe we have focused so much on the large print that we've forgotten to notice the finer print. The asterisk with conditions apply written underneath it. You know why? Because the context of this story provides us with at least three conditions that if we adhere to them, I bet you it will unleash God's supernatural power, mountain-moving power in your life and in my life. And the first one comes from the actual story where it all began, the story of the transfiguration. And we read about it in Matthew chapter 17 and starting from verse 4. And it says, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Thank you, Peter. He says to Jesus, it's a good place, Jesus. It's good for us to be here. Where are we? Well, we're on top of the mountain. 
We're having this most awesome, blissful, blessing, extreme revival meeting. <laughs> and Jesus is in the center and you couldn't have wished for a better spiritual environment. Environment of harmony and blessing and goodness and divine revelation and the glory and the majesty of Jesus is being manifested like Peter uh, uh, reports in his own epistle at a later date. But Peter is saying, we want to stay here, Jesus. And he offers that he will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. What does these shelters uh, mean in this context? Well, reported, uh, reportedly, the, uh, the time where these incidents took place, it was probably associated with the Feast of the Tabernacle. And in that time, people actually lived in shelters, lived in tents, and it was a sign of the amazing provision of God over His people in the past, but... The disciples were versed in the Old Testament and they recognized in the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, a reference of the kingdom age to come. And it, in it, it said that Elijah will come first. And Peter had an aha moment, said, whoa, we just seen Elijah come back. This must be the kingdom age. So Jesus we want to experience this awesome kingdom age. Jesus, remember I told you just last chapter, six days ago, hey, forget this cross. Let's just enjoy the miraculous, amazing miracles that you've been doing and your awesome teaching and your provision. But hey, forget about the cross and the unfair treatment by the elders and the priests and forget about the crucifixion. We want mountaintop experiences. And guess what? Probably the most depressing statement in that chapter for Peter and maybe for us was in verse 9 where it says, As they were coming down the mountain. As they were coming down the mountain. Peter wasn't really keen on coming down from the mountain. But there... When they encountered the mess and the chaos and the reality of life at the feet of the mount in the valley, they discovered the most incredible, profound statement that Jesus gave his people. And that is, you can say to your mountain, move and it will obey you. The first little asterisk, the first little condition that we learn from that context is that we experience mountain moving power in our valleys, not on the mountain tops. You know, we all are victims of the mentality that we want to lead our lives with Jesus in on the mountain tops. We want just amazing experiences. We want to escape harm and trouble and opposition and difficulties in the valley. But you see, if the disciples remained on the mountaintop, they would have seen the power of Jesus manifested to them, but would not have heard the power of Jesus delegated to them. 
They would have seen the power of Jesus manifested in his majesty on top of the mountain. But only at the bottom of the mountain they heard his blessed word saying, you know what? You can move mountains. Friends, the reality for us is that we consider our valleys as interruptions. Our difficulties, our problems, our emotional struggles, our opposition, the things that don't match the will of God for our lives because we are in a fallen world. And we want to escape all of that. And we think that uh, we have to endure our valleys in order that we may enjoy our mountaintop experiences and camp there. And we feel really sad when the Lord allows us to come down to earth again. But the reality is our mountaintop experiences are only there like a petrol station. They're there to fuel us with admiration of the presence and the glory of God. But our valleys are there for us to experience the presence of the power of God with us. Jesus came with the disciples to the bottom of the mountain. And you know what? The reality is this, friends, that your valley and my valley, your valley and my valley is not the place of your abandonment by God. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense, but the enemy allows us to think and lies to us to believe that when we are in the midst of difficulties, God has abandoned us. But it is the realm of your authority in God. Your valleys are the realm of your authority in, uh, in God. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. This is actually part of His plan for you so that you can exercise your authority in the midst of unfavorable and difficult circumstances. My first observation for you is this. Mountain moving power is realized, and I would dare say maybe primarily realized in your God-ordained circumstances. Don't run away to mountaintop experiences because you think that's the only place where God's moving power, mountain moving power will be manifested there. It will be realized in your day-to-day circumstances. He has not forsaken you. Because if you feel abandoned by God, it is very hard to activate your faith in God and your faith will activate the power of God in your life. The second asterisk, which is the second condition for us to enjoy the power of God unleashed in and through us, comes also from the context of what happened after that the disciples came from the Mount of Transfiguration. It says this in verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples. But they could not heal him. And this is the second condition. Why is this significant? Because I want to share with you what the disciples have heard 
earlier on uh, that from Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it says that Jesus actually granted them the authority to heal the sick and cast out demons. It's in the calling that God had whispered in their lives that for some strange reason, they believed the enemy instead. Maybe they were intimidated by the, the possessed young man. Maybe they believed the lie that they don't have what it takes. But the reality is here that Jesus was saying to them, you can say to the mountain move. You can say to this evil spirit to depart. You can say healing over that disease. Why can you say it? You can say it because it's your delegated authority. Because it's God's whisper over your calling. And what I'm trying to say here is that mountain moving power is reserved for your God-given calling. Friends, I get heartbroken when I find Christians who are called by the beautiful name of Jesus who have been anointed and gifted for His purposes. And then they're living the rest of their life like the rest of the world. They're living for every other attraction and every other alternative that the world is living for. It may not be sinful, but it's a waste of time. You cannot ask God to remove a mountain that is associated with your self-centered ambition and dreams. He is not promising you power over every mountain. He's promising you power over the mountain that is preventing you from living for your God-given destiny and calling. God has promised and delegated authority over your life so that you can speak prophetically over whatever mountain that stands in the way of your calling, but not the calling that you choose, your God-given calling. What I want to say is this, your power is reserved for that type of mountain. And if you believe that you have heard a whisper from God over a particular area with a God-given call, I want to encourage you to speak to say the truth that God says about you, not what the enemy says about you. You can. Don't tell yourself you're incompetent. You stuffed up too many times. God is not concerned about you. You're, you're unable. No, you must say we are well able because Jesus says you can say to this mountain. You can speak and exercise your authority in God. The third asterisk that I want to mention today also comes from the context. When Jesus, uh, you know, healed and, and cast out the demon of that young man, the nine remaining apostles came to Jesus as we read in private and said, Jesus, how come we couldn't cast out that demon? And Jesus responds in, in such a forthright way that maybe even would be too confronting for you and me, and he says this to them in verse 17. You, unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, 
How long shall I stay with you? How long can I bear with you? You see, Jesus gave us two secrets here to why they did not see the unleashing of God's power through them, even in the area of their calling. And he says this because your unbelief, because of your lack of faith in the faithfulness of God. And maybe you've heard that before, that you need the faith as small as a mustard seed. And sometimes it's, it's you know, spoken uh, almost, uh, um, you know, flippantly, that you only need a little bit and you'll be fine. You can move mountain. But the reality is it might be a small seed, but it was a living seed. Faith that moves mountain is a living faith, is a faith that expresses its uh, itself in love, in works, a faith that obeys God. Because you know that faith and obedience in the New Testament is used interchangeably, particularly look at the book of Hebrews. You know, God gives you faith and enables you to live a faithful life to Him. God gives you faith in Him, empowers your ability to trust Him, and then he also empowers your ability to follow him obediently. You see, one of the reasons that we followers of Jesus aren't experiencing mountain moving power is because we're living maybe disobediently to God. You see, that second word affirms what I'm saying that he says, You're a perverse generation. The word in Greek actually means to make crooked or misleading or perverse or turn away. That they're not walking in the way of God. And Christians who want the power of God need to live obediently in sync with His prompting and His Spirit. If we are going to be the type of people that experience mountain-moving power, we need to understand that it's released through faith that obeys. Not faith that just understands or faith by word or name, but faith that actually obeys. And if we, friends, if we entrust God's greatness, if we enjoy His presence in the midst of our valleys, if we enjoy His greatness in the midst of our valleys, if we exercise our authority where we are called to exercise our authority, and if we truly obey His promptings and His whispers, I believe God will unleash mountain-moving faith. And you will suddenly see that your God actually is able to melt mountains. It says in Psalm 97.5, He says, The mountains melt like wax. Mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. Your God is not exhausted by your problems. He's not, you know, confused by, by, by your situation. He's not scared of your mountain. You need to begin to observe your mountain with comp in comparison to the greatness of your heavenly Father. Mountains melt. Not only that. You know, God will not only manifest His power to you, He will manifest His power through you 
if you live according to his will. And he says that I'll make you, as he says in Isaiah 41, like a, a, thresh, a, a threshing sledge. You will thrash the mountains and crush them. You will thrash the mountains and crush them. That is what God has for you. My friends, if we take the finer prints and the three conditions that relate to our circumstances, relate to our callings, and relate to our character, I want to promise you, according to God's word, He's going to come through for you. God cannot topple your mountain if you are on top of it, or if it is on top of you, because that means you will collapse as well. You need to come from your mountaintop experiences so you can see the mountain that God will crush for you. And you need to not allow it to overwhelm you and be on top of you so you can be free to enjoy His presence, to exercise your authority, and to live obediently according to His prompting. And that's our prayer for you. May the Lord lead you and guide you regardless of the challenges and the valleys that you find yourself in. Thank you for watching. God bless you and look forward to seeing you next time on our program Develop. Have a blessed week in Jesus. Well, what a great and timely message. We pray that it blessed you and encouraged you. But we want to give you an opportunity now to sit with God and take some time out to hear from God as to what he's saying to you personally about the mountains in your world. And so we want to leave you with three questions because that's really where the rubber hits the road. And that's where we really do our growth and our development and become everything that God wants us to be. So we want to leave you with three key questions that you can unpack with God in your own time. The first question is this, what mountains can get in the way of your calling as a Jesus-like disciple? The second question, when you have experienced challenges in your calling, what characteristics of God have helped you out? And the third question, think of a mountain going on in your life right now. What would God have you say to that mountain? And so as you sit with those three questions, we pray that God would give you insight and revelation and courage to come up with his heart for you. And so until next time, stay blessed.